0: stories big guests the big picture afternoons with rob breakenridge weekdays 12 30 to 3 seven seventy chqr
1: anyway um there was an article that came out about words and, and funny words and when you take words and you combine them with psychology um i get really really excited by this so i've been looking forward to this for a couple of days chris westbury uh, joins us here on the uh, on the telephone now, Chris Westbury is in the Department of Psychology up in Edmonton at the University of Alberta. Hi, Chris. Hello. the um, The conversation about words um, is one that I absolutely <laughs> think is the greatest. Okay, and I'm Glad to hear that. Isn't that fun? It is fun. I think yeah. it's fun. Here is where I am going to start this conversation. First of all, I for me, words are an entire ecosystem, and I think that words, uh, at least when I do my teaching with it, that th- this ecosystem of words is, like, it cannot exist without itself. It truly is an ecosystem. And I don't mean big lawyers speak and big fancy words. Uh, I just mean the little ones. The little ones are the most important ones. But then we have this whole segment of words that we just... Created. They're usually situational and they're usually acting out something that happened. When you see something um, that happens, you kind of make a sound like guffaw and those kinds of those words that are sort of what just happened. Now, you've done some research on these words.
0: Well, not just on those words. What we really did was look at which words are humorous for any reason, and there is uh, multiple reasons. You're, you're quite right, by the way. Words are very complicated. Single words are much more complicated than a lot of people uh, realize. It's amazing how well we're able to use them in just uh, in ordinary day-to-day life. But our, our study was looking at why some words are, are uh, humorous. Now, for the sake
1: of what... The power of declaration is, because declaration is one of those most important words, Mm -hmm. just to declare. Um, What are you sitting on right now? A chair. I also am sitting on a chair. Yeah. Now, for everyone who's listening saying, okay, these guys are geeking about stuff um, that I don't care, or I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's all I want you to think about when we get into this conversation is, why is that called a chair? That's a good question. Because somebody chose to call it a chair.
0: Yeah.
1: That's it. So every word in the language, everything that we go around that we're talking about, somebody just chose it. We all agree that it works. Somebody chose it. So from that perspective of words can be whatever you want them to be, and some of them are just fun. Can you tell us a little bit about the scope of your research and how you came about all of this? Like, how do you just stumble into this? Because I don't think you wake up in the morning going, I know,
0: I think giggle's is a funny word. Yeah, no, what, what happened is there were some guys at the University of Warwick who had gathered some norms. I, I don't really know why they gathered their norms. I think just because um, they were the same reason that, that I worked on them. They were interested in humor. So they gathered norms for almost 5,000 words um, and asked people to rate them on a scale from 1 to 7 for how funny they were. And it happened that I got asked to review the paper. So I reviewed the paper, and it was a good paper. But they, And they did some demographic analysis, but they didn't really tried too hard to explain why people had made the decisions that they made. They just said, you know, here's the decisions they made, here's how men did it, here's how women did it, and that kind of thing. So in in my review, I said, it would be good if you tried a little harder to explain why people made these decisions, because uh, if you don't do that, I'm going to do it as soon as you publish the paper. (laughs) And and they didn't really take me up on it, so I did, uh, in fact, go ahead and do it. It happened to be something that I could do, and really, that was the reason I did it. They they had uh, collected these norms, they were sitting right there, and I had the skill set to analyze them, so I, I I did some analysis to see if I could, in fact, uh, predict their norms because there were so many there that I was able to just uh, test it out on their norms and uh, found out what I could, so we went ahead and did a paper and then cross-validated by collecting some more data.
1: So, Chris Westbury, um, you're a professor in the Department of Psychology, so does that make you a psychologist, I'm assuming?
0: Yes, I am a psychologist.
1: Yeah. So, psychology is you're always going to take the perspective of patterns and behavior. Do I understand that properly? That's right, yeah. Okay, so inside these words, men and women separately... Um, Are our words different that we think are funny?
0: Actually, no, that was one of the things that surprised me uh, quite a bit. I was expecting there would be big gender differences because... uh um, there are certain, you know, men are pigs and they have a strange sense of humor sometimes so I thought we would uh, get what I think most people would think that men would find uh, ruder words funnier we got a very very small hint of thought but basically we found very very small gender differences that was one of the uh, m- many people when I get interviewed say what surprised you and that's one of the things I often bring up is that we hardly got any gender differences the, one we di- the ones we did get did go in that direction men are, are, are slightly more likely to rate uh, really rude words higher than women but really it's a very small effect And I I think one of the reasons for that is that most of our, uh, all of my participants, most of the participants at University of Warwick were young people who came from the same, you know, culture and background, watched the same movies, listened to the same comedians, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and they're all in the same place, too.
0: They're all in the same place, exactly. So, so,
1: I mean, that geology would... Uh, would would impact, of course. Um, of course,
0: it does. Yeah, I have an Iranian graduate student who told me she didn't find any of the words funny that we had uh, identified as the. Oh, most that's funny. interesting. She said she didn't think they would be as funny in uh, in Iran as they are for us, which I think is probably true. It's a it's a cultural thing.
1: Mm-hmm. What are what are the um? What are some of the funny words? Can we go through some of them?
0: Yeah, I can go through some of them, not all of them, because I can't say them all on the radio because yep. people do like to. Uh,
1: well, and for the sake uh, of that, we can, you know, like um, <laughs> Global News had used boobs. Uh, in the article, and I got in trouble uh, from some listeners for stop saying poo earlier, where we were um, <laughs> talking about fecal matter on touchscreens. So, oh,
0: so you've already been through it all. So, yeah,
1: we've been through a little bit. So, um, um, please, please be kind of my employment.
0: I will. And I will. Uh, I but will, aside uh, from I will that, I'll tell you where I'm, I'm censoring myself. All right. Um, yeah, by the way, I'm going to read a slightly different list than the one you might have seen before because we did it twice, Okay. and uh, I've, I've been sending out one list. But I think it's better to take the average of the two ways we did it. You get a slightly better uh, norm. So here they are. Huh? The funniest word on our list, and this is, by the way, uh, an extrapolation to 45,000 words. So this is not just the 5,000 words that were rated. Okay. We built a model and extrapolated it. Slobbering, <laughs> upchuck, yeah. puking. Mm. Uh, one I can't say on the radio, fuzz, ball, B-A-W-L, Oh, balling, ball. like crying, yeah. giggle, another one I can't say on the radio, another one I can't say on the radio, uh, <laughs> floozy, another one I can't say on the radio, cackling, chucky, and guffaw, you get the idea. Guffaw, uh, yaps, wriggly. <laughs> yeah, yaps, uh, wriggly, giggling, uh, pooping, pooping around there, you'll be glad to know since you've already mentioned them. Yeah. Um, uh, and boobs are right up there, too. That's one reason we put it in the titles. Uh, jiggly. Jiggly, yeah.
1: Yeah. Is there any relatability between those words that they... Is it, like... Well... Can you dig into the imagery that they... is? I mean, is it the word that's funny or is it the imagery?
0: Um... Oh, I see what you're saying. That's a good question, actually. I, I think it's probably a little bit of each because some of the words that are funny are words that, uh, as you just saw, refer to humor itself. Like people find chuckle and giggle funny, for example. Yeah. And there, I think it's because they literally are about funny things. But we, we, did, uh, when we, we did the analysis of uh, the semantics of the words using a computer model that would be very boring to explain on the radio. But it's a model that allows us to um, say how closely related words are to each other and to categories. And, and we picked out uh, six categories of words Um, that were funny and they were words relating to sex bodily functions insults profane words Uh, words related to general good times, partying, uh, eating, and drinking kind of words. Interesting. And uh, some animal words. Not so many animal words, but some animal sounds like oink and things make it on the list.
1: (laughs) Oink is good. That's a great word. You know what else, uh, you being at Edmonton, and one of my favorite words up ever to say is terwilliger.
0: Yeah, terwilliger is a good word. Like,
1: what a great word that is to say. Maybe it's not funny.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you know that I did a study on on the humor of non-words a few years ago. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I actually got to review the other paper, because I'd already done some work on humor, and we started out for Reasons I won't get into looking at the humor of non words. And uh, the fun, one of the funniest non words was koopa, which I think is inherently funny just to hear it. <laughs> well, it the, sounds like, but I agree. Terwilliger, I think, would be right up there. It sounds right? funny. Yeah.
1: Terwilliger is a great word. Every time I drive to Edmonton, I'm like, hey, Terwilliger, Terwilliger, Terwilliger. <laughs> a man after my own heart. Yeah. Just say it out, right? Like, that's just, that's the way it goes. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm you're not right. a doctor. I do play one on the radio from time to time.
0: But <laughs> sounds the, like you're a bit of a philosopher, though, if I may.
1: Well, yeah, I am. I get. <laughs> Boy, that's conceptual, Zach. I get that all the time. So when we look at all this stuff, does it impact us or is it just fun?
0: Well, it it impacts, I think, the study of humor. Because one of the problems with the study of humor, even though it's very old, we, we start off by citing Plato and Aristotle. So, you know, talking about people who were thinking about humor more than 2,000 years ago. And uh, despite that very long history of, of theories, and in fact, uh, some of the theories that they put forward are still in the main theories, there's been very little ability to actually uh, quantify the theories, which is important because then you can... You can test your predictions, right? Mm. So a lot of the theories. For example, the most popular theory out there is that um, it's called incongruity theory, which is that humor is is related to improbability. You know, when you hear a joke, the punchline is only funny if you don't expect it, right? If it's unexpected, then it's it's funny. So a lot of people have have put forward incongruity theory and say, you know, what's funny is surprising things. But of course, there's many surprising things that aren't at all funny. Like you get a speeding ticket or you uh, forget to brush your teeth when realize that once you're in bed, these are unexpected things, but they don't make you laugh. Right. right. So part of the problem with the theories is they're all, all of that nature. They're all kind of post hoc theories where they describe after the fact why something was funny. So if I tell you a joke and the punchline is unexpected, I go, oh, you laughed because it was unexpected. But they don't allow you to predict What else is going to be funny? So even though we did this in a very small domain, it still is, uh, I think, important for theories of humor, because even in the very small domain we did it, funniness of single words, right, not very funny, Uh, we got really complicated models, and those models actually cut across some of the main theories of humor. So even though it's a baby step in the right direction, it shows that those, those theories of humor are too simple, and that even simple humor is going to be really complicated and hard to understand.
1: You know what I would be curious about, and maybe this is where you've gone with this already, but forgive me as I'm here this for the first time too okay. is that um so there, there's so much psychology about what our makeup is today as an adult and there's certain points in our lives that sort of make us up today and when we realize in our lives that decisions we made as a seven-year-old for whether it was good or bad or something that we saw or when we were 13 years old or when we were 25 um we actually carry those decisions with us today and a lot of those those situational things that we've been through you know we decided that we were smart or that we were funny or whatever years and years, and years ago. And we just decided that as a kid and we still carry that with us today. And I'm curious that with some of these words like, you know, uh, poo and boob and, and, you know, uh, upchuck and those kinds of things, yeah. when you're 13 years old, you know, there is nothing funnier than someone
0: passing gas. Right? I, I agree. In fact, we actually start off, um, introduced in the paper by saying that there's a sense in which the, the uh, I don't know if I can say the word on the radio, but there's a sense in which uh, rude words are funny by themselves to children of a certain age, right? Yeah. Young boys like to say rude words having to do with bodily excretions, and they laugh when they do it. Yeah.
1: And I wonder if it's a discovery and a rebellious and a, I'm not supposed to do that thing. Now, as adults, we can say whatever we want, but we still carry it with us because of the fact that we're just thinking like a 13-year-old.
0: Well, I think there's something to that. But also, even though we, we can say these words, we don't say them very much. So a lot of these words are still low-frequency words. And, and frequency, if the word does uh, enter into our model a little bit, it carries some of the weight for why the words are funny. Lower-frequency words tend to be funnier than, than higher-frequency words. And you, you also see, if you go to like, stand-up comedy, you, you'll notice they uh, use profane words much more commonly than we do in ordinary conversation so mm. there is uh, still a feeling I think even though as adults we're, we're beyond that oh this word is funny just in itself we still have a feeling that profane words are funny and I think it's in part because they're still a little bit taboo we can't say them all the time we can't say them on the radio right we can't say them in uh, well, we ordinary can. discourse I can't really say them in the classroom although occasionally I yeah. swear words slip let out. them go
1: well we can't say anything <laughs> we want on the radio the, you know the joke in radio is always you can say whatever you want once <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right, so yeah, you, yeah. you technically can't. So when you say low-frequency words, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, that means uh, an uncommon word. So uncommon. A lot of the words you might notice are, are fairly uncommon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the
1: more we use them, the more boring they get?
0: Uh, well, I guess the, the more we use them, the more used we are to them, so they don't strike us so much, right? When you hear something all the time, it doesn't strike you as weird. But when you hear it for the first time, like someone's name, right? If you know someone who has an odd name, after you've known that for a, per- a person for a long time, it, it barely even registers. But right. when you first hear the name, you might go, what a weird name.
1: Yeah, right. And that's, yeah, so that, yeah, it's unique when you hear it. So, you know, the irony of all that is that you just took me back to declare, which is that we have all agreed to declare that a chair that you're sitting on and nothing more than that. That's really all it is. That's the ecosystem.
0: You're totally right. It is an ecosystem, and, there, and there's lots more going on than what we've had a chance to talk about, in, in, even in uh, uh, the connotations of single words. So if, one of the things we haven't talked about, and I know we're almost out of time here, is that the, the structure of the words also contributes to the, the, how funny they're judged. Oh, how so? so well, uh, words that have unusual... or or low frequency combinations of letters or sounds are are judged funnier and it's quite a large effect actually. That was another thing that surprised me. It's not just the semantics of the word it's also the structure of the word. The example I've been using on the radio because I can say this word I think is breasts versus boobies, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone agrees that boobies is funnier and it turns out that boobies has certain qualities. Uh, It has an OO sound which is for some reason associated with funniness. It has two low frequency consonants and it ends with a a Y which is a diminutive sometimes. it meets all many criteria for having a funny form, even though it means exactly the same thing as breast. And I think almost everyone would agree it's funnier inherently than breast, right?
1: Well, and I've been, um, it makes me curious about. Um, like linguistics is kind of a lost art nowadays like it's really hard to go find someone that's going to give you a linguistics degree uh, <laughs> we it really is y- yeah they, but it is really really t- it's not a well but it's not just not popular anymore and um, but yet here we are and th- that's where that thing is is like when somebody goes ooh like it, you know it creates that that moment it creates that snapshot that moment and everyone's you know everyone's been in a moment where they've gone ooh and then they kind of get it you know and I think that if you're a, I'm a business guy too so this is my left brain kicking in yeah. um, if i I'm going to name my business or if I'm going to name my project, this seems like a great place to start to get some traction on whatever the heck you're calling it.
0: Yeah. I think there actually are companies out there that will sell you uh, brand names based on some kind of science of uh, the uh, connotations of sounds and letters. sounds to me like
1: you just answered the question why Google (laughs) is
0: so easy to remember. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Google is a very good name, and it is, I think it's interesting that Yahoo also has the oo sound in it. Right? I, didn't, I didn't go in thinking that OOO had anything to do with humor. It was it was found empirically. We just looked to see which uh, uh, sounds were overrepresented among the funny words compared to the unfunny words, and oo is one of them. Yeah, and then you have Google and Yahoo. Right? Wow. Which both strike us as cool, interesting, fun, I think, fun words, right?
1: Yeah. Well, okay, some other ones that are coming in. Um, Terwilliger uh, comes in as a reinforcement of that one being good. Mole. Uh, that text messages are coming in uh, is not isn't another good one. What's the word? Sorry. Mole, like mole. a yeah, like yeah. a mole. Yeah. Um, and another one that says, I've got two granddaughters, four and six. They laugh their heads off on bodily sounds, so it's not just boys. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, what an interesting conversation. I very much appreciate it. You're my new friend, Chris Westbury. Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Thanks Department of Psychology, uh, University of Alberta. If you go to the Global News website, you can see Chris's uh, articles and information on there and learn a little bit more about maybe when you go to your Christmas party and you're trying to sit there and you're trying to work it, you know, when you tell your jokes or whatever it is that's going on, um, you know, throw in some of the ooh words to make it sticky. We're going to come back with more of your thoughts on this. nine seven four eight two five five nine seven four. Talk some text messages and more uh, to clean up. And keep sending in your text messages of your funny words because there's a whole bunch here and try to get through them. 770 CHQR, I'm Zach in for Rob Breckenridge. We've been talking about funny words, which is like my jam. I love this stuff. And uh, we just finished our conversation with Chris Westbury. He's from the Department of Psychology up at the University of Alberta. And he has a long list of funny words. Your funny words are coming in. Uh, Please do text them in, 974-8255, 974-TALK. Thank you. Um, Some of them I cannot say. Some of them I've had to Google, ironically, after we talk about the effectiveness of the OO in the words of being uh, funny. Uh goblin is a funny word um that comes in. I find that funny. It's just one of those funny ones to say. I don't know why. Um of course there are words that uh have uh, multiple entendres to them um that are fun to say too. Um <laughs> mole, and if you think back to the Austin Powers movie, you know, the moly 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 moly, right? It's a great word. Um Lugubrious. Uh, Thank you for that text message, Sean. I had to Google that to make sure I was okay to say that on the radio. (laughs) I will confess. Uh, The thing about being a word guy, it's not about knowing the definitions of all the words. It's not knowing about all the big words. It's just understanding what the words say. Lugubrious, looking or sounding sad and dismal. How can you be lugubrious? If you're ever sad and dismal, just say lugubrious. Because if you sat there and went, I'm sad today... And if you just said, I'm lugubrious. See, it starts to smile as soon as you say it. See, the words are the ecosystem. It really does work. Uh, Brack. I don't know if that's even really a word. doesn't need to be a word. Um, Pebble is a funny word. Um, And there's a couple that have come in. um, uh, Tubby being another funny word. Um, Thank you for that one. And a couple more that I'm not going to say just because I don't know what um, they mean. Um. See, this is this is you're trying to be funny. I get it. Um, thank you. Uh, Phuket is a place. Um, depends on how you pronounce that one. A uh, snafu. Very funny words. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, I don't know if you spelled that right, but it sure looks like you did. That's amazing. Um, wizard or spaz. All of those words, though, not common. Just to speak back to that conversation that we had. Chris said the uh, low frequency of words has a big impact on the humor that gets associated uh, with all the words. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.